Okay, John 15 is where we are at. Some of you may have heard a portion of this message, and honestly, I don't know if Pastor Gilmore is in here, but I want to give credit where credit is due. A couple of summers ago, we were at a, a men and boys camp out that the church put on. Pastor Gilmore did, I think, three sessions, or it might have been four sessions with the men. His very first opening session, he went to this passage. And, and what he shared with us was, for me, uh, was eye-opening, uh, uh, was, was paradigm shifting to the point that because of that message, and I'd already been ruminating on some of these, some of these principles, because of that message that he shared with us, my thinking about how I am obedient or disobedient to God has completely changed. In this passage in John 15, Jesus is explaining to his disciples uh, many wonderful and glorious truths. But in John 13, 14, and 15, there is a theme through all of those where he deals with commandments. And the fact that if you love God and the Father loves you, you will obey my commandments. And if you resist my commandments, it's because you don't love God. And we're going to actually, at the end of the message, we're going to go back to John 14 and look at a passage there if we have time to get there. But in John 15, Jesus lays out before the disciples the glory, the beauty, the intimacy of commandments. So here's what I want to ask us this morning. How do you view God's commandments. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments in and of themselves. It would certainly be broader than that. I'm saying the revealed Word of God, His prescribed will, His described will to you, His revealed word, uh, will for you in the Word, and His uh, 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 the subjective prompting of the Holy Spirit to make decisions of obedience. When God gives you His commandments, when God gives you His desired will for your life, how do you respond to it? And how do you view God's commandments. So in John 15, we're going to look at verses 9 through 15. We're going to read these through quickly, and I want us to look at how God, how Jesus views commandments. So look with me in verse 9. Uh, Jesus says this, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue or abide, remain in my love. And I want you to understand this, guys. The love of God is the core foundation for being obedient to his commandments. If you do not get the fact that God loves you and you do not understand how to love God, you will not embrace his commandments. And so what Jesus is saying in that very first verse is, look, if you love me and you want to stay, if you want to bask in the fellowship of my love, look at verse 10, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments... Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. If there's any relationship that we have described in Scripture between a father and a son that is the closest you could ever have is between the father and the son. And Jesus is saying, just as my relationship with, Jesus, with, the, with the Father is close, so can yours. How? By being obedient to my commandments. Look at verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, 
For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. So in that passage, and this is a point that Pastor Gilmore brought out that has so helped me. In, the, in verses 9 through 15, how many times do you see the word love or loveth? Can you guys look? I want you guys to look. How many times in verses 9 through 15 do you see the words love or loveth? And someone raise your hand when you think you have a number. Matt? Okay. Did anybody else come up with more than seven? Okay. Uh, I'm, I found in between, and I counted them again this morning. Anybody else find eight? Okay, some of you found eight. Okay, so all right, no worries, guys. Uh, I, I preached at a church uh, just recently, and I shared some of this material, and there was a lady on the front row that was dead set that it was uh, whatever the number was, and she was like, no, it's this. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's this. And she's like, no, it's not that. And, I'm the preacher. It's eight. <laughs> so... And then she stopped, you know. <laughs> Afterwards, she came up to me. She's like, I was looking at the wrong verse. I'm really sorry. So uh, no worries. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes the skit in me still comes out, you know. Okay, so love. So eight times in those verses, eight times the word love or loveth is brought out. How many times is the word joy? Okay, you're going to find it in just one verse. How many times is joy brought out in, that, in those, those three verses? Yes. Ethan, okay, two, two times. How many times friend or friendship? How many times is friend brought up? I think that's also in two verses collectively. How many times is friend? I heard it. Three, okay, so three times. Now, love, friendship, and joy in context with how many times you see the word command or commandment? David, you see it? Four times. Okay. So get this. Four times God uses command or commandment. And alongside command or commandment, he uses love, joy, and friendship. So here's what I want to ask you. When you think of God's commandments for your life, God's revealed will in his word, God's subjective will by impressing upon your spirit by the Holy Spirit. When you think of commandments, do you think of love, joy, and friendship? Is that what you think? Let's be honest. I don't often think that way. Do you? The story is told of F.B. Meyer and C.T. Studd, two great men of God who are contemporaries of each other. F.B. Meyer tells a story about how early one morning he was rising to go, uh, uh, go on and some, some, he had a, uh, someplace he had to be and he doesn't exactly explain where he was going, but for whatever reason he was going to, uh, uh, to, to meet somebody and, and so he gets up very, very early in the morning. And as he was walking that morning, it's still dark out, he's passing C.T. Studd's house. As he's passing C.T. Studd's house, he notices that a light in the study is on. Now, because it is so early, he was surprised to see a light on in the study of, of, of C.T. Studd. So because they were close friends and because of the early hour, he was compelled to go knock on his door and ask him why he was up. So F.B. Meyer goes to C.T. Studd's house, knocks on his door, and Brother Studd comes to the door. F.B. Meyer tells how he, he said, Brother Studd, I couldn't help but notice in the early hours of this morning, why are you up? And C.T. Studd said this, the scriptures say in John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. So I've been searching the scriptures this morning to see if I've missed any. Consider that heart. 
that C.T. Studd had. He's saying, if there's anything in this word that God has for me, if there's any, any will he has for me, if there's anything that he wants me to remove from my life, or if there's anything he wants me to add to my life, if there's anything that God has for me, I don't want to miss it. But we don't often think that way, do we? When we think of commandments, we don't think, boy, I'm just going to love God and God's going to love me, don't we? No, oftentimes when it comes to commandments, we think ignorance is bliss, don't we? We often think, I remember there was a student that was here a number of years ago, and, and uh, he, he, well, if I give too many details, you might find out, and so I won't say any more than that. A student here was here a number of years ago when I was in, in school. He starts listening to a song and uh, that both my brother and I were kind of like, what in the world are you listening to this for? And so uh, Zach mentioned to him, he said, hey, uh, don't you know? And he stopped him. He said, no, 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 don't tell me. If I don't know, I don't have to be convicted. And what he was saying is, I don't really want to know what the Lord has for me, whether I should listen to this song or shouldn't listen to this song. If I really don't know what he wants, then I don't, I'm not held accountable. How often do we think that way? If I don't know, then I won't be convicted. So, Lord, you've brought me to this point in my senior year. Lord, you've brought me to this point in my freshman year. I've given up so much. I've resisted the things when I went home. I didn't watch the movies I used to watch. I've deleted the apps. And, Lord, that's enough. Don't take me any farther. How many times do we think that? I remember coming back on breaks to this college thinking to myself, I hope the preaching isn't strong because I've already given up more than I wanted to. And yet every time God convicted me, every time God prompted me, every time he said, Caleb, there's an area in your life that needs to go. Caleb, there's an area in your life that I want to change. What he is saying every time he gives me a commandment, issues forth his will for my life, what he is doing is giving me an invitation to experience his love, joy, and friendship. And so God's commandments, and this is the way Pastor Gilmore put it, that I wrote it down in my notes because I felt it was so helpful. He said, God's commandments are an invitation to nearness. God's commandments are an invitation to you that you must RSVP. They're an invitation to you to understand and know his manifest presence. But we often look at commandments and we think, I'd rather not know ignorance is bliss. May I tell you a very brief story? Fall of 2019. Emma is my, it's my wife. She is pregnant, seven months pregnant with our little boy. Emma is not a very big girl. So seven months pregnant means she's very uncomfortable. We were traveling with Dr. Jim. We were in Michigan. I believe it was Michigan. And one morning we're getting ready for the rallies. And we got to the church the first thing in the morning. And Emma says to me, um, I'm not feeling very well. And today, as soon as the day is over, if we're able to go back, I really would like to go back and rest. Got it. So we go into the day, and, and the kids come, and we do the rally. And during the, during the competitions, uh, something happened, and I hate to lose. And something happened with the other guys. And we didn't verbalize it, but it was clear to Dr. Jim that all of the team captains were, like, mad at each other really mad at each other. And uh, uh, he even got over the microphone, uh, moratorium on the team captain's moratorium. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and uh, so you know what's going to happen next. So finally, the evening is over. We're all trying to get our spirit right, but we were frustrated. And finally, evening's over. And uh, so gather whole team for a debrief. Okay, how'd the night go? You talk to this person. Good, good, good. Okay, ladies, you're dismissed. I just want to talk with the guys. <sighs> okay. So we sit down with Dr. Jim. 
guys, what's going on? So we talked through the issue and who got mad and who was in the flesh, and it was not me for, you know. <laughs> and we got it all taken care of, squared away, and then politics came up. And so we're talking about the news that we had just seen, and we sat in that room talking after our required debrief was over for probably another 20 minutes. I mean, we talked and talked and talked and talked, and then Dr. Jim says, okay, guys, uh, well, I'm going to head back to my trailer. You guys make sure the equipment's put away, and you can go home. Sounds good. Great. I walk out of the, into the hallway, and I look around, and I'm thinking, I wonder where the girls are. Well... They're probably doing whatever the girls do at the end of a rally night. I don't know what that is, because I'm not one. So I, don't, so I went and took care of my things, and I put away my equipment that I was responsible for. And I remember standing in the hallway, I wonder where the girls are. Well, there's cold pizza in the refrigerator. So I walk down to the kitchen, and I'm sitting there, and the other two captains show up, and we're sitting there for probably another 15 minutes eating cold pizza. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder where Emma is. And I pull out my cell phone. And there's a text, and you know how it says how long ago it was sent? 45 minutes previous, a text that says, I'm sitting in the van, please hurry. Now, she had given me her commandment at the beginning of the day, and I had neglected it. So let me ask you this. Neglecting my wife, who I love, neglecting my wife's commandment, was ignorance bliss? You see, while I was eating cold pizza, it was bliss. But there came a reckoning. There came a day when I became accountable. And I ran out to the car thinking it was, not my, that it was her fault. Why didn't she come and find me and tell me? I ran out to the car and opened the door. I said, why didn't you tell me? She said, I told you this morning. Yeah, you're right. You already revealed it. You'd already told me. And, and for some reason, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then there came a day when I finally realized what I was supposed to be living like and what I was supposed to be doing and found out that uh, ignorance isn't bliss. You see, what C.T. Studd understood and what Jesus is trying to explain to us is the fact that when I give my commandments, my children, my commandments are not grievous. My commandments are an introduction. My commandments are an invitation. My commandment is a plea with you. Would you get close to me? Now, we're going to look, I want to go back to the Old Testament. Go with me to Genesis chapter 3. So here's the question. If, if Jesus says, loving commands, uh, uh, obeying commands is where you find love, joy, and friendship. If Jesus says, my commands issued for are, are an invitation to being close, and we don't often think that way, here's the question. Why? Why don't we think that way? Because if we're all honest, we all have to admit we don't think that way. Most of the time, we find ourselves, look, you've been in Bible college long enough now, and you know what it's like to go back on break and be prompted not to watch or not to do or whatever it is, and you still do it. Because we still don't believe that his commandments are as wonderful as he says they are. So why? Okay, so here's what I want. Uh, this is what has helped me so, so much. In Genesis chapter 3, we have, look with me in verse 1. We are going to see the introduction of a lie that we have believed ever since the beginning of time. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? You see, God had given his commandment to Adam and Eve for their protection. And the devil is coming to challenge the commandment. Look with me in verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, 
he shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Do you see what the devil did? He gave, fed Eve a lie at the beginning of time that has affected us ever since. And this is what he said. God told you not to touch the tree. God told you not to eat of the tree. See, the reason God did that is he's trying to restrict you. He's trying to keep you from joy. Oh, you are missing out on so much because you're obeying his commandments. God is vindictive. God is restrictive. He's not a father who loves you. See, that lie that the devil fed Eve, we have believed ever since. Now, I think it's very fascinating, the very three things that the devil tempted Eve with. He says, look, God knows in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, when you read that, the way the devil put it, you think, well, yeah. I mean, I'd kind of like my eyes to be opened. I'd like to be as gods. I'd like to know good and evil, wouldn't I? Those very three things God knew the devil wasn't telling a lie. God knew if they sin, their eyes are going to be opened. In fact, he says, look at verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened. That's the fulfillment of number 1. Look at verse 22. And the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as one of us, being God's. That's the second thing the devil tempted. To know good and evil, the very three things. The very three things that the devil tempted and says, God's restrictive. You're missing out if you do those things that he has commanded you to do. You don't even know what you're missing out on. And I want you to understand this, young people. What the devil does is he takes the very things that God is protecting us from, the very things that God knows will be a kick in the stomach, uh, that, that death, as, as James calls it, where the sin is conceived and bringeth forth, uh, when, uh, yeah, lust is conceived and bringeth forth sin, and sin was finished bringeth forth death. God knows if you disobey my commandments, you're going to sow death to your soul. And the devil is saying, oh, no, you don't know what you're missing out on. Here's how the devil tempts. You've never slept around? You've never tried drugs? Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Exactly right. I'm missing a lot. I'm missing out. By, by disobeying the devil and by following the Lord, I'm missing out on heartache. I'm missing out on tragedy. I'm missing out on, on remorse. I'm missing out. Guys, there are so many students in this school today who sat in, uh, uh, from this school, who sat in these chapel seats, who heard messages from God's word, who said, I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot more out there that, 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 that God is keeping me from. And those are the very students today that are divorced. Those are the very students that today are, are, are producing their own podcast and writing their own books about the fact that God doesn't love people anymore. Whenever you follow the temptation of the devil. Whenever you follow the lie that he has given you that following God is restrictive, you will walk right into his trap and find that the very things that God was trying to keep you from are the very things that are going to destroy you. So, so consider this. Your Father, God in heaven, knows that in the day ye sin. You're going to find yourself in all kinds of shame and guilt. And so every time he gives you a commandment to walk with him, it's an invitation. Be near me, my child. Be close to me, my child. I want you to know life. I don't only want you to just know life. I want you to know life more abundantly. Don't follow the lie of the devil. And young people, every time that we resist the clear commandments of God, 
We are resisting the one who loves us and eating up the lie. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So go back with me now to John chapter 14. The devil says you're going to miss out. The devil says you're not going to experience all that you could have experienced. Now I want you to catch this, young people. If you resist God's commandments for your life, his, his described will about how you want to live, pure and clean and honest, uh, taking time in prayer and walking with Him, his, his subjective promptings of the Holy Spirit where He says, don't say that, don't go there, don't look at that, put that down, delete that app. If you resist those clear commandments from God, you know what you're missing out on? An incredible fellowship. Look with me in John 14, look at verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. That means you stay, you hold on to them, you guard them, you, keep, you, you are viewing them as valuable and you'll cling to them for whatever it takes. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Manifest manifest myself that what if jesus says i can manifest something to you it means there's something to be manifest <laughs> in other words what you now know of jesus christ and who i know jesus christ to be i haven't gotten all of it uh, no and I, what i mean is he's in me but what i mean is the experience of who jesus christ is there's more to be known <laughs> He's saying, look, I can manifest more. I can show up more. I can reveal more of myself to you. And it always comes when you love me so that you obey my commandments. And when you obey my commandments, I show up in your life. So he, young people, this is what I want us to get across this, this morning. Your, the, the commandments that God has given to you, how do you view them? Do you resist them or do you embrace them? Because when you embrace them, you're actually embracing closeness to God. And by embracing closeness to God, there is a depth of relationship that God wants to bring you that you have not experienced yet. Not long ago, I heard Dr. Jim preach a message where he's dealing with the fact, he says, look, do you know Jesus as a friend? And for some reason, what, for whatever reason, God used that phrase to nail me. And I began to realize I don't know Jesus like I ought to. In other words, I, I've gone through the hour of prayer. I've prayed the attributes. But if you asked me if I know God, I would tell you a list of attributes. But he's more than that. He's, he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother, but he's not just that. He's someone that you can talk to all the day long. When you read Christian biographies of men who have entered into the manifest presence, the way they describe Jesus, I've not experienced before. So that means there's something more that I could experience. And Jesus is saying, I want to manifest myself to you. So do you know Jesus in a deeper and fuller way than you have before in the past? Is there a Jesus that you could know a deeper and a fuller way in the future if you would pursue him? Because he says he wants to manifest himself to you. I began praying and asking the Lord, Em and I both began praying and asking the Lord, Father, 
I want to know personal revival. Lord, I want to know this. And in my own personal devotions, we were down in Texas at the time. I was praying one morning, and as I'm wrestling this through, saying, Lord, I just know your attributes, but I don't really know you. I, I can get into my prayer time, but once I get out of my prayer time, I don't always listen to you. Lord, I want to know you <laughs> like he's a real person. Lord, I want to know you. And this, God brought this passage to my mind. So I came to this. And it was like God so clearly lit inside my heart. I can be manifest to you. I can show up. I can reveal myself to you. Now, on a side note, let me just mention this. There are a lot of men, preachers uh, 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 today, who are trying to understand the manifest love of God without obeying the commandments. Now, you need to understand this, uh, and, and some of you may not know all the different stuff on the spiritual landscape, and that's totally fine. I don't understand it all, but here's what I do know. In the last recent months, there was a group of pastors that got together and put together a podcast that has become uh, widely popular across the country and the IFB circles, and the podcast is called The Recovering Fundamentalist. And what they're dealing with in that podcast is they say that they're trying to deal with uh, helping people be free from the bondage of fundamentalism. And what they're really saying, if you listen to any of their podcasts, is we don't have to follow God. We can binge watch The Office. I can go listen to Garth Brooks all I want. I can watch Dancing with the Stars, and Jesus still loves me. So now I'm free. And I want you to understand this, young people. You cannot deny clear scripture and have the manifest presence of God. You cannot resist his commandments and think you're going to be close to him. He that saith, I know him and keep within his commandments, is a liar. It is not my job to judge those men to decide where they're at with God. But here's what I do know. Sadly, those men will never enter into the manifest presence of God while they blatantly resist his commandments. Because Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, not because you're trying to earn anything, but because you love me. And guess what I do? I display myself to you, not because you earned it, but because I love you. you got to get this, guys. The manifest presence of God is not something you earn. It's because he loves you and you love him. And because you love him, you obey his commandments. And because you obey his commandments, he manifests himself to you. Do you know his manifest presence? In that personal time of devotions, I remember God met with me. This is just a couple of weeks ago. God met with me in a special way that I have not experienced yet. And I came out of that prayer time, and for two weeks, Jesus was so close. Like, if I was alone, I enjoyed talking to him. And it was real. And he talked to me. And every time he prompted me and I obeyed, it was like life, joy, love, friendship. And when I resisted a commandment, immediately death in my soul. So it compelled me, Lord, I want to be close to you because I want you to be manifest. Let me close with this. We're almost out of time. Just because you know the attributes of God, don't stop there. That does not mean you know his manifest presence. That's the start. You don't know God unless you know his attributes. You learn who God is through his attributes, through the things you, the, the scripture has revealed about him, but he doesn't stop there. He wants to go beyond there. So it's like this. Uh, imagine with me, someone comes to you and says, hey man, a week ago, uh, you know what happened a week ago? It's the Super Bowl. I know Tom Brady. 
And you would say, you know, you know Tom Brady? I know Tom Brady. No, you probably don't know Tom Brady. No, no, for real. Like, he and I are like this. Like, I know Tom Brady. And you start thinking, well, maybe he knows Tom Brady. Okay, what's Tom Brady like? Well, he's six foot four. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, tell me. They're like, I know that, but I could see that on the internet. But, like, what is Tom Brady like? Well, his birthday is August 3rd. Okay, no, no, really. If you say you know Tom Brady, tell me what he's like. Well, he was born in California. You don't know him. Oh, yeah, I know him. How do you learn those things? Oh, I read his bio online. Guys, sometimes we think we know God because we know a list of attributes, but we actually haven't entered into the manifest presence. And I'm not throwing the attributes under the rug because you've got to understand the attributes before you can understand God. But don't stop there. Don't stop at the attributes. It's because God is faithful, it's because God is good that I want to meet with him and he wants to show up in a, a way beyond I could ever experience before. The manifest presence that comes from his commandments. So my desire this morning is that you would get this. If you have been resisting God's commandments, you're resisting the greatest part of life that you could ever have. And if you would embrace God's commandments, whether it be his, he, maybe someone in this room has already been convicted and you've held out for this long. God already revealed to you uh, through a chapel service or, or through uh, your personal devotions, there's something that you need to deal with at the school and you've been resisting it. And every time you resist it, you sink lower and lower and chapel messages go, uh, get to your heart less and less and you're not walking with the Lord and you sink deeper and deeper. What you need to do is embrace the friendship and the joy and the nearness of Christ by obeying his commandment. Maybe some of you have gotten content with spending time in prayer where you just work through a bullet point list, but you're not knowing God. And I want to challenge you, young people. There's a deeper level. God is just beginning to, to manifest himself to me. I'm just starting to realize that, that the Jesus I've known up till now, uh, I don't want to stay there. I want to go deeper, and I can go deeper because there's something to be manifest. And so as I am personally pursuing that, I am finding that Jesus is revealing himself to me, and he's becoming my friend. So I want to challenge you guys. There's more there. There's someone who wants to speak to you all day long, who you don't have to labor for 20 minutes in your hour before he finally is willing to listen to you, where you can enter into prayer immediately because you've been talking with him all day long because you're close to him. The manifest presence. Obeying his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will manifest myself to him. Can I ask for every head bowed and every eye closed? I don't know how God may have dealt this morning. My desire is that your thinking would be changed. That every time that you believe the lie that God is restrictive, you're actually embracing death in your soul. But when you embrace the commandments of God, you find nearness. And maybe even someone this morning would say, God... I've been obedient up to this point, but I want to go deeper. Lord, what would you have me to do? Would you show up? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if, I'm going to ask two questions. If God has specifically put his finger on an area of disobedience that is keeping you out of the presence of the Lord, that you know there's something you need to deal with, maybe it's just something personal God's dealt with you about and you just have not obeyed, but there's something in your heart you know God has spoken to me and this is what it's keeping me out of fellowship with Christ. If there's something that you know you need to deal with, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody like that? 
Yes, yes, several hands. Okay, you can put your hands down. Maybe this morning, and it could be some of the same people, you would say, I've gotten complacent in my pursuit of the Lord. I've gotten stagnant in my pursuit of the Lord, and there's something that's deeper, and I need Him to manifest Himself to me, and I desire that. And Lord, if there's anything in my life that you want to change, add, or detract, I'm willing because I want you to be manifest to me. If that's your prayer, would you also raise your hand? Yes, many, many hands. Here's what I want to invite you to do. With heads bowed and eyes closed, why don't you just stand with me. In a moment, the piano is going to play. Guys, I don't know what the Lord would have you to do, but here's what I want you to do. If He's prompted you, you've got to follow through, or else you're going to fall right into the same lie that has been fed us for centuries.